0: Hello, welcome to some Derb's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Glass. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you show the folks at tell them what it is we do on this podcast.
1: Well, on this podcast, as you might tell by the name, we typically talk, talk about games, but we also talk about basically everything that intersects into, like, this corner of uh, nerd culture. And so the idea that... A An auteur director is making a project that's a 20-year sequel to a well-liked project from the year 2000 that's all about comic books and mythology and uh, kind of like dissecting that and superheroes and all that stuff uh, seems pretty in our lane,
0: yeah, it- if only... It, it was good. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, well, okay. well, I mean,
1: okay, actually, I actually want to take that back. I don't know, I'm very up in the air on how I feel about this movie, and so I guess I, in a certain sense I'm giving you a chance to convince me. Um, okay,
0: um, so so first first things first, before we even get into, like, before we get even, even get into uh, uh, kind of, like, pre-spoiler territory, I do want to say something, and that is, if you have managed to not see the trailer for Glass somehow, and you, you're thinking maybe I'll go watch it based on these guys' recommendation, before you do that, go watch Unbreakable. If you've managed to not see the trailer for Glass and have not seen Unbreakable yet, go see Unbreakable before the trailer for Glass spoils a big part of Unbreakable because that's a thing that I wish I hadn't been spoiled on when I w- watched Unbreakable for the first time this week in preparation for this movie. Um, uh, I'm not going to say anything else for the next, like, three seconds, but this is a spoiler warning for... Unbreakable, which is a little bit before the spoiler warning for Glass. Um, we're also going to spoil Split, but um I don't think that like the, the reveal at the end of that is as big a deal. Um, yeah, that's true. No um,
1: Split is legit and a good movie. Both Unbreakable and Split. I, I you know, I have seen Unbreakable because it came out, you know, twenty years ago. But um, but I had never seen Split until the night before I watched Glass. And I was really surprised at how good Split was like it's a really solid movie, locked room kind of premise. Uh, and and James McAvoy kills it, so uh, that one's, that one's definitely very good. And if we're doing a mini review of these other two movies, I would say both of those movies are very watchable and very good.
0: Yeah, I, I really liked Unbreakable. Um, uh, and like I said, um, the, the trailer for Glass kind of spoils um, Unbreakable. So this is your unbreakable warning. Um now let's get into I guess the glass pre-spoiler review. Um so uh do you do you want to add anything to your statement that you're up in the air about it?
1: I yeah, so I'm so I'm very up in the air about it. Um it's really hard to talk about this movie without talking about spoilers because it is pretty straightforward and understandable in like the early piece and it sets up some stuff that I guess I will say is interesting. Right. Um, and then the, and then the ending kind of happens and I left the theater just kind of with whiplash at all of this stuff that comes out, um, towards, uh, towards the end of the film. I will say that I think, the movie beforehand is kind of both good and bad simultaneously um i would it was very much up to that ending to decide things for me in a lot of ways like there were a lot of interesting ideas brought up for instance in the early part of the movie um that needed to kind of be uh coalesced in the latter half of the movie in, in terms of bigger other things, uh, James McAvoy is really the only person here to play. Everybody else kind of sucks, especially Bruce Willis, who especially sucks. Um,
0: really, I, and, I, I like I, I agree with you on Bruce, but uh, I thought I thought Samuel Jackson was pretty good. And like, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I thought Samuel Jackson was kind of just hindered by the material more than anything else. Um, and then Sarah Paulson was just like weird, to be honest with you. I think it just has to do with the dialogue being a little bit off. Um, and this is, and this is kind of like a part of the overall dissonance that happens within this movie is that like, one of the, one of the magical things about Unbreakable is that the world is very, very similitudinous, right? Um, which is a nice $5 word. All you kids studying for the SATs. Uh, and so, and that, and that really adds to kind of the, like the interest and the drama, right? Because, comic books are this outlandish thing but the world was so basic and real you know even even like comic book movies that we talk about in that grounded sense right like you know the dark knight or batman or whatever are still dealing with like ancient fucking you know cults of of people burning down gotham and all this other kind of stuff right like i really can't think of another superhero movie that treats the world as real as, uh, as Unbreakable does, and that really runs into some problems when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Glass. Uh, and then plot-wise, I was really bored for a lot of it. There were, like, a ton of scenes where I was just like, oh my god, why? What's going on? Uh, so there's, like, a lot of, like, little points of interesting light. I mean, you see in, uh, you can see in some of the trailers, right, that there's there's this pink room that they're all in together. That scene is really good and really interesting. A couple of other handfuls of scenes where, you know, you're you're kind of watching people piece things together. Okay, that's also pretty cool and pretty interesting. But otherwise, I just felt like I just wasn't doing anything until it decided to kick things into high gear right at the end.
0: So I, 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 get, I take your point there. Um... But I enjoyed the rest of the movie. I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why, but I liked – I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is kind of like, you know, I like Manchester by so the, the Sea, twi- you didn't. So,
1: like, the twist worked for you?
0: Uh, we'll get into that because we're still technically pre-spoilers okay. now. Um, okay. I guess you've revealed that there's a twist, but it's an M-like Shyamalan movie, so it'd be yeah. a twist if I there mean, wasn't yeah. a twist. So, oh, my God. Plot twists. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a plot twist in this movie. Um. I liked it. We'll get into that post the spoiler, post, uh, the spoiler wall just because there's some stuff I want to say about it. But I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a, a very cool take on a lot of uh, this stuff. I thought it was a really cool um, – the premise was really cool. Um, and I just – like the hospital scenes just worked for me. I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly exactly why, but they, they, they didn't uh, rub me the wrong way. Um, I don't okay, know.
1: so when it comes to this being a cool take, right – what is the take? This is the, this is my core problem, right? Like, I talked about... Um, I talked do do about you before. want to hit the
0: spoiler wall? Uh,
1: okay, we probably do, but one more thing. Uh, I was shocked at how bad the editing and cinematography in this movie was. Um, they were both really awful um, in a way that I thought was really weird because Split actually had very strong cinematography. And, and I mean, so, scene, so did
0: Unbreakable. I was actually really struck by how good it was in Unbreakable. Oh, there were some yeah, really right? cool shots yeah. in that movie. Uh,
1: but oh. there were just tons of really... I can't tell if it's, like, undershooting and they didn't have, like, a good... They just didn't have the coverage they needed and so they kept cutting into these, like, just in these weird ways that were bad. All of the, you know, uh, all of the kind of action in the movie was just embarrassing. It was so bad. I, um, I, and they're really and it really sucked a lot of tension just by a filmmaking kind of uh, yeah, I, I think there were some good
0: stuff. moments, like the 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 part where where um well we're we're gonna hit the spoiler wall before I could talk about this, but I thought there were some good okay, moments, okay. and I think that this I think some of the things you talked about, like I think and Night Shyamalan tries a lot of big things, and sometimes he falls on his face, um, um, and uh, like I think your dialogue point, I think like M Night Shyamalan dialogue tends to be kind of weird, so uh, anyway. Spoiler warning. I guess at this point, spoilers for Glass. Also, probably more spoilers for um, Unbreakable and Split. If you haven't seen those movies, if you haven't seen those movies, and you would like to see them, um, I would say go see them. Um, uh, I think all three movies are watching. Glass may or may not be uh, as as uh, Buddy said, but um, uh, if you want to see either of those two mov- those two older movies, like the core premise of this movie spoils the other two so, yeah, so go watch you would those.
1: recommend you would recommend glass
0: I would I would overall recommend glass yeah absolutely
1: okay yeah I think overall I don't I wouldn't but I mean I don't know maybe stick around kids and we'll see if I change my mind okay
0: yeah all right so um did, did you did you have an opening volley or did did
1: <sighs> okay so boy so here's here's my here's my core thing right well, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago this, this idea of no meaning, only lore, right? And how I just felt like that was like a really good way to sum up my problems with films sometimes. And I think this might be the case. I think this movie was setting up an interesting meaning, but it became so self-obsessed with its own lore, in a way... That it completely ruined anything, and I'm just kind of like, what is this movie trying to say? The only thing I can feel like I can take, a, I can pull from this thematically, and I really don't like this take because, to be honest, I kind of feel like it's in really bad faith. But like, so for instance, <clears throat> in the movie Bob review, the way he characterizes this movie is a lot like Lady in the Water. Uh, if you haven't seen Lady in the Water, it's awful. Um, but Lady in the Water is essentially a giant film about how. All of M. Night Shyamalan's critics are wrong and taking him in bad faith and just trying to knock him down a peg. And this movie, I'm like, is he saying the same thing? Does he think of himself as Samuel L. Jackson, as Mr. Glass, as this exceptional person who is being... Okay, under 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 dug by this giant conspiracy or something like that like i'm it's mind boggling to me what i'm supposed to try and like figure out what the meaning of this movie is so
0: i'm gonna tell you that if that's your takeaway that's like just like a really like a a really specific interpretation of what i think it's supposed to be which is um you know do do you know what harrison bergeron is have you ever read that it's a short story by kurt vonnegut
1: uh, I mean, it definitely sounds familiar. What uh, so? What, Harrison, what
0: is it? Harrison Bergeron is is, is, a, is a short story about a society. Um, it's it's like a dystopian egalitarianism, right? Like, um,
1: oh, oh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, okay. every, I, I for the people
0: at that. home, if you haven't read it, everybody who gets ahead is mandated by the government to be handicapped. Um, smart people have like an earpiece put in their ear that blasts noise every couple of seconds to keep them from thinking too much. Um, strong people have weights put around their neck, etc., etc. Harrison Bergeron. Is the son of the two perspective characters, and he is exceptional in a in a number of ways. Um, and uh, he and so he has like the most handicaps on him, and he attempts and he for like a moment takes over the government, but then is shot dead by the government. Um, oh my god! Um, and so I you know, te-
1: I can immediately tell where this is going. Yeah, I mean, um, like
0: th- th- this this shares a lot with like like I think you could also make a strong argument that this is like like uh in the same way that the Incredibles is randian and that this is kind of randian right like um
1: yeah i mean i also like yeah that is also okay sure um, um
0: the, the weird the, the thing that's the thing the thing about movies with big twists in them is the twist twists the meaning right like it's not it's basically pla classic good versus evil i think until it hits the twist which super past spoiler spoilers well, um see, so,
1: okay so the inter- i i actually think i would have liked this movie with a different ending with a with a more ambiguous ending where it isn't clear whether or not these people are delusional or do you know what i mean that was what i was kind of initially setting like like and maybe a certain amount of this is it just didn't meet my expectations but this is what i essentially thought it was setting up right where um belief in the thing is is all that really matters. Like, even if they are delusional, even if Bruce Willis did just intuit based on brick dust on this weird dude's pants, right? Or even if, you know, the shotgun char- cartridges were wet and so, you know, like, didn't fire fully or kind of whatever, right? Like, that that's not what really matters. What matters is, like, the belief system that comes out of it. And I really could have come away with that in in a good spot because this is how i look at comics in a lot of ways right they are they are a a like a modern mythology they help tell us stories about ourselves that they they're like aesop's fables to a certain extent sure. right but, but, in the sense that but, and so and so the idea that like you believe in a hero or whatever that can stop Someone who believes in themselves as a villain—that's that's that's the thing that matters, and and not like necessarily the objective reality of whether or not they are kind of like superhuman, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And so by coming down, I I don't know. So I just feel like coming down on it is like. god. Yeah.
0: I don't know. so so that theme is that, that's unbreakable, right? Like what you're talking about, like that th- th- those sort of themes I think are adequately explored and Unbreakable. I think that's that that is I, you know, from from the tone of the movie, I think that I'm like wanted to leave that kind of analysis in in that movie. Um uh I like I said I like sure you might not like the the Harrison Bergeron theming as much, but I'm pretty sure that that's what he was going for. It it, it seems fairly kind of uh, like the, like the, that's the, that's the point and, and it, that resonates throughout the film too right like like we get a hard confirm at the end but like you know there's kind of like the the the, the soft part of the soft suppression in, in the beginning part yeah. of the movie because it still works there right really right? like,
1: okay so if people have stuck around uh i i just want to give the plot summary in case you haven't you haven't stayed past the past the twist essentially insofar as the story is these three guys all get brought into a prison together and a psychiatrist is trying to um and a psychiatrist is trying to convince them that they have delusions of grandeur and that their delusions of grandeur are causing them to believe that they are superheroes and villains or whatever but really they're just kind of normal people who are delusional right um she successfully instills some doubt in them uh but Samuel L Jackson's character eventually uh convinces you know eventually kind of like breaks free and convinces them that that's not the case and there's like a big showdown and in a crazy set of i mean there's like 5 of these back to back to back right um a whole bunch of twists get revealed. Uh, the the beasts. James McAvoy's character, Kevin, his dad, was on the same train as Bruce Willis and died. And so Mr. Glass takes credit for creating the Beast, I guess. Um, and then the big one is that actually they have been right all along. Mr. Glass, who believes that these people are special and are activating something crazy in their brain chemistry to be better and stronger, right... Um, he is correct that that is happening but there is some shadowy conspiratorial organization that Sarah Paulson's character, the psychiatrist, seems to run and they kill all three of the special people uh, this isn't before video of the 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 kerfuffle shall we say uh, gets out and the public realizes yep, nope, superheroes are real and that's where the movie ends Uh I mean, I can. Oh God! So, funnily enough, I've actually kind of been submerging myself a little bit in like Randian philosophy recently, um, for completely unrelated reason. And boy, do I not like it! But um, I guess, like, I guess that is a meaning. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no, you know, I, I, I may be what I am, but I'm, I'm not a particular, I'm not a particularly Randian person myself. Where I'm not really an objectivist, yeah. but. um I also think this huge closer to Harrison Bergeron, run, which is less yeah 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 objectivist and more anti egalitarian um uh, in in the sense where egalitarianism is kind of like you know like forced equality rather than kind of like the, i guess the traditional american conception of like equality of opportunity rather than equality of outcome i guess is is, is the comparison there um, uh, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, my big
1: problem with it is that it has the... My, my core problem with a lot of Randian stuff um, is the pitting of individualism versus collectivism in the first place, right? Because um, it characterizes this kind of, like, war between, you know, the, oh, we're the we're the exceptional few and we should be allowed to do whatever we want because of how exceptional we are. And, you know... And the collective are just jealous of us, and so all they want to do is bring us down, kind of thing. And and you know, like, listen, I was a teenage white boy too. That was really appealing to me when I was fifteen, but I really quickly grew out of it. Um, and so, oh god, I don't know. It just feels so childish to
0: talk about. Is, is, so so I, I I think I think the thing that you are that, that you're missing um, is that like it's not that the unwashed mashes are are envious they're just kind of like okay with it right like it's it's the uh it's kind of like the 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 countervailing force is is an organization but it's not all of society it's kind of like a a central authority that thinks they know best right um uh right like this is uh yeah i
1: mean i but i think it's important that sarah paulson isn't in char isn't doing this as a lone wolf she's not like a single yeah. assassin. Oh, sure, like sure, sure. Yeah. And then she would be on the individualist end of it. She has an organization and they've been keeping the world this way for 10,000 years. Oh, God. I, it's also something, I, you know, it goes back in time and kind of ruins the other two movies in a way. Because, like, part of what makes the other two movies good, I think, is they are so, like, verisimilitudinous, right? They are so... Real and grounded, and this is our world. And so a big reveal at the end of glass that yohaha, we're in you know fucking Alex Jones conspiracy theory land the whole time is kind of like, are you kidding? Like, I don't know, it just kind of ruins you know, unbreakable a little bit, right? Because it is a movie that is all about like, what would it be like if someone like this existed in our real world? um out of god i don't know
0: i mean I, I i i think i i i guess i i disagree with you 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 kind of fundamentally um cuz like i don't know I, i don't think it's about i don't think it's about the uh i don't want to put this it, it, it's not about like what an individual, like you know, what if like what if there was an exceptional person in this world? But it's that that people can be exceptional, um, and that we should not embrace that, right? I mean, like th- I, I I think that this is kind of just like a uh, a, a viewpoint difference, I, I guess, right? Because because like yeah. in, in my mind, an unbreakable Bruce Willis is a stand-in for someone who's willing to use kind of like his. Um, his greatness for 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 good right like it's 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 like yeah yes yeah. it's a normal world but he's willing to rise above right like it's 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 got um i, I think this is kind of like uh superhero like this is kind of like a like a Kind of what superhero movies are about, or you know, superhero stories are about. No,
1: yeah, no, sure. I mean, Man of Steel is a very similar movie in so in that trick, in that line, right? But the thing is, Man of Steel doesn't make the, like the otherworldliness of the world a twist. It opens on that. You don't start the movie sure. in a super normal thing, and then all of a sudden, Clark pushes a school bus out of the river and saves all these kids, right? Or like holds up the big tower on the oil tanker or something like that. You start on Krypton, and you establish that, yeah, this is a sci-fi... You know, like, that this is a normal world, and that the sci-fi world will collide into it, right? And to be honest, that movie is a huge deconstruction of this kind of thing anyway, because the, you know, like, the government starts off diametrically opposed to Superman, but they eventually realize that they need to trust one another to work together to defeat the Kryptonians, because... Like, the, you know, like, in a lot of ways, I would say that individualist versus collectivist kind of framing is wrong, right? And I feel like this movie is doing the opposite of that, right? It is, this movie is, like, unironically, like... Oh, God, yeah, I don't... I are Is it a metaphor? Are these people... Uh, is this conspiracy a metaphor for how societal forces keep someone... You know, like keep the exceptional people penned in or something like that. I, I don't. I don't know if it's a yeah, of you know, forces like,
0: so much. Like, I don't know. Like, I. I don't know if it needs to be like a metaphor for anything that's that's particularly real, right? Like, like you know, like Harrison Bergeron isn't exactly what reality is. It's just like a kind of potential extreme future. Um, yeah, I, sure. Um, I don't know, but like you know. Batman in his original conception, I think was pretty much kind of like this, right? Like, like, like his, his original world is, is normal. Um, it, it contains ever similar to It's just that, you know, after what, like 60 years more of, of, of comics, we expect that the world isn't, that, that his world isn't normal. Um, I think, I think you actually, yeah. I
1: mean, within a year, he adopted a circus acrobat to be a, five-year-old sidekick to his, you know, not 5'10", but, you know, to be a sidekick to his fight on crime. So I don't think it's the most real thing in the world, but, like, yeah, sure.
0: Sure, I mean, and, but like, you could, you could go further back to, like, Pulp, right? Like, Pulp, Pulp is... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so to a certain extent, I kind of... I almost, like, feel like this is season one of Heroes, but, like, bad. And I like Heroes a lot, even some of the later stuff, though it is all pretty bad after season one. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what,
0: what what did you what did you think of X Men, like, the first one?
1: Oh yeah, see I like the first X Men, and I think the first X Men is, uh, I think the first X Men is kind of bad. But, like, it, it's, it's, it has that iconic thing, right, where it just did something that nobody else was doing, and that was just so insane at the time that it became huge and gigantic. Sure, right?
0: but, but but in terms of the theming, it's got, like, a lot of the same themes.
1: Well, so in terms of the theming, I think X-Men has – I mean, X-Men is literally about coming out as gay in the movies, uh, at least in the first two movies. That's the way that it's kind of portrayed. Um so
0: i mean but the, the, i mean that that's that's, that's like subtext. a weirdly narrow interpretation right like like magneto takes very much the the jealous masses uh, approach right like that's like his whole thing right um yeah um and like uh, whats fucking what's what's the other guy's name uh xavier professor xavier
1: yeah professor professor x.
0: Profe- yeah, he takes kind of like the Bruce Willis position. Like they're still exceptional people, and they still need to protect people, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, like sure there is like, and the government wants to to to, to lock them all up because they're dangerous, right? It, it, it's yeah. a lot of the same plot there. Um, it's just kind of it's 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 not in a twist, right? Like it's uh it's it's uh, it's it's out in the open for a moment. Yeah, I one. mean
1: maybe it's just because of the twist that it bothers me because I actually think that I like I like the doubt, you know. Um, sure that is probably the most engaging thing and that was the most I was willing to give credit like outside of the the it being poorly shot, poorly edited um, Bruce Willis doesn't know how to act right like if I was giving the movie credit for things, I was really giving it credit for that like that question of is you know like is the beast real or is this all just a delusion right? Is the overseer? Like, real? Or is it all just kind of a delusion? Like, what is what is the true thing? And I think kind of by answering the question so definitively, right? Like, maybe if it was just like, he flips a car, you know? Like, I could still see that as kind of being like, well, you know, you hear these stories all the time of fucking mom's the lifting cars to get their babies, maybe it's just like, like, maybe it's just that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Is it really anything crazy or special? You don't really know because it's all, it's also constrained. Like, in the X Men movies, Iceman is shooting icicles, right? Yeah. Wolverine is healing in an instant. These things are, like, incontrovertible, right? Um, uh, this, so, this is kind of
0: funny because it sounds like your, your problems aren't actually with the meaning, they're with the fact that you just didn't like the direction he went with the plot
1: well so the so the meaning itself so the meaning i in a certain sense the meaning i was hoping for was to look at that doubt right and to be like well if bruce willis really is delusional but he does go and stop the beast isn't he just a hero anyway i think that if it if the movie had ended that way right that would have been that would i would have been satisfied with that right because, like, in a, in, a, in a certain sense, then, it's a little bit like saying, well, who cares if he's super-powered or not? What matters is his selflessness and his heroism, and that's what we're going to kind of, like, talk about in Reward. But, no, but then, the end of the movie is so focused on whether or not they're actually super-powered, that it's just, like, I don't know, I guess it just kind of, like, loses me. And this is what I mean a little bit when I say, like, you know, maybe this is just the film didn't meet my expectations, and that's why I'm, yeah. that's why I'm mad at it. Um
0: yeah, because cause I think I think it's a little bit muddled there anyway, right? Like you know, like because um, if the message is like believe in yourself and do great things, you know, that that also applies to to Mr. Glass, who's, you know, murdered a bunch of people in Unbreakable and uh Yeah, I
1: know. That was so weird to me that he was like the ultimate vindicated hero of this story. I was like Yeah Wait, what? Wait, are what what you know what I mean like, <laughs> no I,
0: yeah I, 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 I get that too um I I, I want to I I was toying around if there's like anything about kind of like maybe fate's the wrong word but like hat like having your place right like um you know kind of like Samuel Jacks Jackson or uh Glass's last line is uh you know like I uh I I'm, I'm not useless mama right like um it's you know like finding purpose even when you're even when you're you know when the world's stacked against you. But he only ever used it for terrible things. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Um. So so that's that's kind of weird. Um. This is this is like a, a very minor point, but I um, mean you, you kind of mentioned it. Did you take him se- taking credit for creating, uh, for creating the 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 beast? As being something that he claimed he did intentionally, because I didn't. I thought he just, you know, took credit for it because it happened. In the same way that, like, he didn't create uh, the Overseer. He just kind of, like, ferreted him out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also, in Unbreakable, like, he does more to actually, like, create the Overseer. In the sense that, like, he encourages David to... um, you know, like, after the train crash, right? Sure. He, he then enters into David's life and encourages him to kind of, like, explore this side of himself, obviously. Um, but, no, I, I, you know, like, I don't know how I felt about that. That was, that was the twist that I was just like, why do we go there? This is stupid. This is so dumb. I also, by the way, really hate, like, insofar as we're talking about no meaning only lore, the idea that the only way that you can achieve these Superpowers is through like great personal trauma. I find to be really weird and kind of gross. Yeah, um, I, they that, didn't that's, go where that, I thought they were going the, to go the,
0: the, the, That's more the beasts line. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, did you did you think they were going to make the girl a superhero? Because I thought. Yeah, that, I
1: thought they were going to make the girl a superhero. Because when he said like, no, "No, Mama, this isn't a limited edition." By the way, what a he, M Night Shyamalan must have never read a comic book in his life. That's not what limited edition means. But anyway, no mama, not a limited edition. It's just an origin story. Those two things that, that those are not the same thing. There's apples and oranges. They don't make any sense, but whatever. Um, it just really bugged me in the theater. Um, I was like, Oh, it's going to be an origin story for the girl. And maybe David's kid, right? Yeah. That he was, that his dad was going to die by the way. I burst out laughing when he got drowned in the fucking puddle because that was so dumb and stupid. Um,
0: why? Why was that and, stupid? Like, I mean, I, I saw it happening, right? Because they, they they like lingered on the puddle for like a, a half second when it burst in the pothole. But I, like, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I just the idea that like,
1: it's just like, I just like was a little outside of myself for a second and i thought about what i was watching in a birds eye view kind of okay. thing and he's just you know this is the guy and he's exceptional but oh boy there's a there happens to be a pothole with some water in it And they're going to hold him down. And also, they said they spent so long in there because, like, Sarah walks up and she's like, hold my hand or whatever. And, like, she has to explain her villain plot to him before she murders him, which is the worst way. God, I feel like I just don't like this movie because of, like, the filmmaking of it. Yeah, like, like, what what, what? a stupid exposition dump, right?
0: I mean, like, and if you wanted – what did him touching her actually reveal, right? Like, she could have just been like, were you convinced – and like still wouldn't have been as good as like an expedition but like mm. you could have also have done it like done a lot more in kind of like that that touch moment right like made it yeah. uh made it actual like it, like it just flashes back to a room and then she explains the plot it's like the worst of both worlds right like you get the awkwardness of him, her manually oh, treating yeah. his power yeah. and then like you don't even get the benefit of a, of a nice scene that kind of explores explains what's happening
1: i i almost wonder if it's like a pathos thing like is it trying to is it trying to make me feel bad because he dies this insanely pathetic death? You I think, I, mean? I think, like I think that's the part of it, right?
0: Puddle. Like, um, there's like, th- there's this thing that, that kept floating around in my head, but I spent, like, I thought it, immediately when I saw the puddle, it's like, you know, you can drown in two inches of water, right? Like, and, and like, I think that, like, I think, I think this isn't a, a point where like M. Night Shyamalan was going for something and it didn't quite connect, if that makes sense. Right, this is this is yeah. the equivalent of like um, like Martha in in BVS. Um, I guess we have to reset the clock now since uh, <laughs> we were only on Man I mean, of Steel. i already referenced
1: Man of Steel. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough.
0: Um, but like, I, I think I think it's 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 kind of a moment in in kind where it's supposed to be a lot more resonant than it is. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. So I thought what they were going for was that David Dunn's kid and um, uh, and the girl were going to get superpowers and maybe be mentored by the mom. That's what I was sort of expecting them to set up. But yeah, I kind no, of no. I mean, to. they get really traumatic things, but they don't get superpowers for some reason. So what's the deal I, here? I, I,
0: I don't think that that's supposed to be what actually causes it now, like like that might be true for the beast but it's not like that was true for glass right like this is like glass's whole theory original theory is that like for every um for every very weak person there must be a very strong person and that that's yeah it's what he found in david dunn um and that's not necessarily so, like a suffering based thing um yeah
1: so the thing i'm wondering about is they is they do that thing in the beginning where they're like this is all linked to some great piece of suffering and they each get one flashback right you know where the beast gets a flashback to his abusive mom David gets a flashback to being drowned in a pool by bullies or whatever and Mr. Glass gets a flashback to you know trying to go on a fucking like spinny wheel thing in like a Coney Island or whatever and getting all fucked up because you know, he's made of glass or whatever, right? Um, and so I thought that the movie was equating those three events and instances and saying, aha, well, this is where they became superpowered or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it kind of I, I, follows, again, to a certain extent, right? Like, I,
0: I, again, I'm going to point out that this is also true in X Men, right? Like, that a traumatic event is what awakens their powers. Um, uh, may- maybe I'm just make- remaking X-Men. <laughs> oh, man, that's what we've got here. Um, I mean,
1: so, but even that's not necessarily true, right? Like, Rogue is not activated by trauma. Her powers uh, cause trauma.
0: No, I, I think she, I think she, the, she first the, happened, the first time it happened. The first time it happens is because of trauma. What? Like it's like her, the, she like. It, her powers don't manifest until like she. Ha- it's it's not. I don't know if it's trauma, but it's like a, a like a an intense event.
1: Oh, like a like a heightened emotional state kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and I think several I'm other characters to, get that too. Cause it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was her first kiss, right? But the, but my point is, is that that's a lot wider than just trauma. Sure, you know what sure, I mean? sure. And. I think that's weird. I, I've read a couple – I've read some criticism that kind of talks about, like, the beast and, like, DID and how that's a real thing and it's kind of gross to be appropriated in this way. And I'm a little of two minds on that because, yeah, I boy, do I kind of get it. Uh, but I also sort of think that, you know
0: – I mean, we, we do this all the time, right? Like every, yeah, every, like, every fucking smart person is, like, secretly autistic is, is, the, is the other side of this mm. coin. And we're, and we're fine with that. Maybe we shouldn't be – um, but like, I, I, I think that like, I don't know, I don't think it's the end of the world either way. Um, yeah,
1: to me, I think it's mostly a label. I wish they, they didn't call it DID. I wish sure. that they called it something else, you know, like, um, because even if you do have disassociative identity disorder, you don't act like, uh, Kevin, right?
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, and I just, that is
1: a, and you know, like, that's a cool thing, right? Like, what James McAvoy is doing, and it's a really interesting premise and all that stuff. This is all in Split also, right? Yeah. Um, and it's part of what carries Split so much, is you're constantly wondering, like, what's going on in his head, or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah. And all that stuff is great, by the way. Like, even in this movie, James McAvoy still kills it, like... You know, I, I will I will take off as many points as I can for Bruce Willis, like, just not caring. I, I'm actually pretty convinced that he didn't, that he must have only worked, like, four or five days on this film. Like, he came in, he did a couple of the days where you really need to see his face, and then they just replaced him with, like, a double, with, like, the poncho, or whatever, for the rest, for basically the rest of the movie. that the, Anywhere where they could get away with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I torn on that because, like, I think you're ultimately right that it's not well-acted. But I also think that, like, you know, it's not so off-base for the character that David Dunn is supposed to be to be kind of, like, wooden and, like, you know, like, kind of a bore. Uh, I mean, yeah,
1: but this is also kind of what frustrates me because part of what makes Unbreakable, like, part of Unbreakable being a good movie is that he's having a tough time connecting with his family and then he is able to connect with his family and so like there's an arc there where he goes from you know what i mean kind of that wooden stone face right he is unbreakable he is like he is the unbreakable man who is learning to let that guard down if, in that in that if that makes sense and so it's kind of like countermanding that arc in the past where you know now he is like yeah so yeah I think it's just I mean I think at the end of the day it's just bad acting but like when you get James McAvoy just like you know the the best part is when he does it in the same frame you know like yeah. in the same room with like the lights and stuff like that like watching him snap between these and you can just tell from like the body language yeah, yeah, which no, he... of the identities he has slid into that is amazing <laughs> right like that is yeah. legitimately awesome
0: you yeah, know, I I'll agree. um Kind of on on your earlier point about like things that are potentially gross. I like I was really on edge about the the girl just because like her her like it seemed like almost vaguely Stockholmish. I guess like the point is supposed to be that she's not like in love with the beast or whatever, but she like is trying to help Kevin, who is kind of his own victim in in this own in, in this sense, I guess. Um. Uh. Yeah, I don't know, um, but it, it, that's the thing that just kind of rubbed me a, a little bit the, uh, the wrong way. And I, I definitely get your point that like if they if they had made her a superhero, it's like you know getting abused gives you superpowers is not the greatest kind of message out there. Yeah. Um, and like,
1: and I would and I would be more okay with it if it wasn't an exaltation of the movie. You know what I mean? Like if the if they didn't come out at the end with this like okay. Superheroes good, shadowy conspiracies bad, you know, at, like, the end of the movie. And it was in that more ambiguous state. I think it would have been a lot more interesting. It would have been part of this doubt and this delusion stuff, right? Um, so – and that – and I – you know what I mean? It's kind of like – I don't know. So, I don't so want to bring I, this up because I know that we disagree on this. But it's kind of like ending the ambiguous ending of Watchmen with – Oh, and then, by the way, nuclear war happened anyway because Ozymandias is a dumbass. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, that's the point of the ambiguous ending, is that you can kind of explore some of the different pathways that maybe the New Frontiersman does pick up Rorschach's journal and publishes it. Maybe they publish it, but everyone says, you're just a crazy right-wing rag, nobody cares, right? Maybe... Ozymandias has a huge change of heart because he seems pretty remorseful when he's talking to Dr. Manhattan about it and he lets everybody in on the secret, right? This is kind of part of, you know... This is part of the magic to, to like, the Watchmen story itself. Um, and so... Yeah, and, uh, I, feel I, like I think I
0: agree with you. I think the movie would have been better if they didn't make it, like... Like, the, it heavily implied that everybody believed the footage... Um, Because I I honestly just found that tough to believe in the first place that everybody looked at that and wasn't, like, instantly fake. Like, the thing thing that's so so insane to me about that, though, right, is, like, I'm watching this and I'm like, you know, people would call it fake, and I can tell you they would because I'm watching a movie where it's fake. Bruce Willis didn't bend a steel bar, right? Like, (laughs) I'm, like... Let's mention that it goes for,
1: like, the most mundane expressions of, like... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's just not super heroic enough to lift a car or to, like, slam someone into a van and leave a dent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I believe that if somebody was just a really strong guy, they could do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. Maybe the walking on ceilings thing or whatever, walking on walls thing is.
0: Its yeah, thing. but, but like, you know, like like I said We're watching a movie where we know that the things that happened on the screen aren't real because this is the real world. And, you know, the fact that we know that that could happen could also mean that you could stick a frame on it and stick a recording, like, graphic in the upper left-hand corner. Um, And, and, you know, fake it that way. It's like... I think it's another execution problem, right? Like I, I think that, I think that's like a pure suspension of disbelief type problem, right? Like
1: Oh yeah. Like, like c- if the filming if the filmmaking was better. You yeah. Know what I mean? And if it didn't look quite as CG.
0: Sure. And and if if you are to kind of use your your phrasing like take the movie in good faith, right? Like the movie is telling you that everybody believes it so you shouldn't doubt that kind of thing. Um I you know I have in the past and I will back that up say when it's really bad then that breaks um um but yeah no
1: I agree with you definitely
0: and and I think this is one of those things where like I enjoyed the movie so I was willing to forgive it that and if you were not if you did not enjoy the movie you'd be like what the fuck is this shit Um, yeah
1: this is why I'm really hesitant about that kind of like you know Randian reading about m night Shyamalan himself it's much more obvious in lady of the, in the water because there is literally a character who is like a film critic who's just like a conniving piece of shit and then m night casts himself as like a self-help guru oh god it's awful but you know like that i think is a fair reading of it where it's like yep this is m night kind of revealing his insane persecution complex to the world. Whereas this one, I'm a little bit like, boy, you know, it's kind of a stretch uh, to make that interpretation. It's valid in the sense that, like, it is supported-ish, but I don't think it quite crosses the threshold that I that I'm willing to kind of go all the way and say you know yep yeah I'm, I'm I'm really on board with this sort of with this sort of thing. But I do definitely agree. I think that there are more than I. For instance, I think if the shadowy organization was better foreshadowed, um, I would have been in a better place to you know like accept the presence of it. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that it comes so out of nowhere um, so, I think is part of what it, like just like st- struck me like a fucking sledgehammer about it.
0: So so I, I, I think that, at least for me, like, it did have that thing where when you go back through, like think about things that happened, it, it make, makes sense of things that didn't quite make sense to me in the first way around, right? Like, why did the... Why did they – why were they doing all of these things to kind of appease their delusions, right? Like putting the water tank uh, up against the hospital if they didn't think they were real, right? Like initially I thought like maybe the – like half the cameras were fake and maybe that it was just like pipes and there wasn't any actual water. And then the fact that they know it's real kind of – it like like it's like, oh, they did this not because – um not not because you know like they're tr- they're they're appeasing the delusion they did it because that's like because they're really superheroes right like and and so that just kind of like justified itself to me um also like a lot of stuff where it's like oh they brought in this new doctor from outside we were doing just fine without like you know a lot of little things that like yeah it, it's yeah, not like, super how foreshadowed. How is she able to
1: work with the cops to get the lights in place for the, yeah. to take down the beast or whatever, right? Like, yeah. That makes a lot more sense with like the shadowy organization thing or whatever. But they do spend a lot of time setting up the reveal, like the third twist, which is the actually – the whole thing was staged so that he could stream the camera footage, right you, know, you right. watch and you see him code whatever. How he has been in jail for nineteen years and has learned modern computer coding software uh boy that's that 's a head scratcher, but you know whatever um,
0: i mean and i and- i can I can tell you I mean he was writing real stuff on that screen, like I, I was looking at it to see if it was just how would you brush it was. And it was real code, but, I mean, I... So, right, but, so,
1: I mean, maybe this is so, me so not may, understanding may, computer code, but, like, if, if he learned how to code computers in to, in the year 2000, would his knowledge of coding computers be consistent so, to today?
0: So, this is a thing that actually um, kind of, like, un, like, unwinds a riddle for myself, right? Like, I thought that it would be much better if he was live-streaming this, right? Because if he was live-streaming it, then you get around the... Uh, um, then you get around the uh the, the, the you know like this is fake type border, it's it's harder to do that live. Um but he sends it as an email to like this ancient fucking colored Mac. But that kind of <laughs> but that kind of makes sense if he's operating on twenty year old knowledge of technology. Right? Like Yeah. Um That that was the like that struck me as like he he mailed like a bunch of people like a please read message like, I yeah. was, like, I was just, like, st- like you know, I don't expect a lot out of movies when it comes to technology, but I was just staring at that fucking colored Mac and being, like, that computer is, like, older than I am. Um, maybe not quite, but, you know, like. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember being in, like, grade school when we got, like, those colored Macs. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in our, you know, in our, like, school computer lab or whatever.
0: yeah. But it it makes a modicum of sense now that you bring up the fact that he he doesn't know – he wouldn't know any (laughs) of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, oh, God. So. Yeah.
0: We also don't know how long he hasn't been sedated for, right? Like, I don't know. A lot of that was, like, again, suspension disbelief stuff, and this is – Oh, yeah,
1: that's true. I guess I am assuming he got sedated almost immediately. But hypothetically, he could have been sedated in 2016 or whatever, like –
0: yeah. I mean, or, or, you know, he's also not been sedated and he's been acting. Like, he wasn't, there weren't cameras out um, before this, right? Like, uh, maybe. Wait, so
1: you think he's not been sedated the entire time?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I, y- yes, for most of like, he, He mentions that he, that he started switching out the pill bottles at some point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause, like, I, you know, I think that's more believable than he, like, in his stupor, realizes that he has to switch it off. Like, I was operating under the assumption that he's been been lucid for, like, the majority of the 19 years.
1: Okay, so that's interesting because I was under the opposite assumption. I was under the assumption that when his mom came to visit him, she unlocked him, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, Um, that's interesting. Because there was a shot – there was, like, a small shot – where she like puts her hand on his hand and it's over the thing that he cl- clips up or whatever, and I just remember thinking back to that, but I think that's just me. Like I think that was me reading the filmmaking wrong. Okay, and, and, and that, it's, <laughs> that was probably just a coincidence, and that maybe you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's not explicit either way. Um, funnily enough, this, this is this is this is actually a, a thing that I was thinking about a lot with uh, the Last Jedi because it came up in a couple of the. Uh, the things I watch it is like your willingness to kind of write solutions to problems for the for the director if you like the movie, because um, that's like a thing I oh, saw yeah. loving to get Levy against the Last Jedi a lot is like you write in kind of solutions to some of the wonkier parts of the Last Jedi if you like the movie and you you kind of justify it. Um, yeah, I mean, I also think that
1: that's a tone thing for the movie itself. So, like for instance, you know, okay, Aquaman does not need to justify to me how they get out of the ancient deserter tomb and get to Sicily. I am perfectly fine on this otherworldly, mythical, global-trotting adventure, that story, or whatever, that they just cut to Sicily, they're two capable people, whatever, they get out of there. But part of the verisimilitudinous of these movies is that things are, like, capital R, real. You know what I mean? And that, like, I feel like the more realism... Uh, your movie is, the less you have to worry about those the less you have to worry about those things, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah, no I, def- I definitely feel that.
0: So, so random question for you. Does that, this can it just be verisimilitude? Does it really need the, the tutedness on it?
1: Uh, verisimilitude is a noun. Verisimilitudinous is an adjective and I'm using verisimilitudinous to describe the adjective of the movie. Okay. Um, I've actually, funnily enough, I'm actually pulling this from, uh, uh, so there's a really famous book on screenwriting called Story by Robert McKee, um, and I just have been, like, listening to that on on Audible a little bit, and he talks about this, right? Like, stories need to be true, right? But they do not need to be verisimilitudinous. Um, And that a lot of mistakes that people make is they think that truth is verisimilitude, and so they will make a movie that is true to life, but not true to, you know, like, the human condition, essentially. Um, so, that's my borrowed observation. That's where I'm coming okay.
0: from. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Alright. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, Um. Like... I think the word... No, it's just the construction is that, like, I think the similitude of the movie is also, like, a valid construction. Uh, oh, that
1: would be... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that, that, that's what I've been thinking about in my head this whole time. Um, but, you know, that's weird grammar stuff. No need to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I... I don't know. I, I wonder how much like so. A lot of the takes I've seen is that like a lot of the first part of this movie is kind of boring. I actually was, I really liked that they never made it to the tower because that's like that's just a subversion that kind of like excited me, right? That's like, oh, they're not actually going to make it to the tower, right? Like they're they're just going to have this fight out in the parking lot, and that's going to be the 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 end of it. Um, and I think that that kind of helps build the verisimilitudeness of it right like that this is this uh, I do you take your point though that it does kind of go off the reservation with that with with i guess it's the moment that Bruce Willis first down with I, I actually
1: kind of like the tower thing because um so what so but the tower is set up before and i thought it was going to get undercut because like it is part of samuel jackson's delusion that this is going to behave like a true blue superhero movie right right where you know what i mean where like they are going to go fight on the tower in front of you know a hundred thousand people or whatever kind of thing right like that is how a traditional superhero movie that's how a traditional superhero blockbuster would end and i was like oh they're gonna get caught coming out of the hospital or david's gonna stop them getting out of the hospital and they're just gonna fight in the hospital because obviously you know, obviously, there is zero budget in this movie for that kind of a superhero fight, um, as we, as we have seen by the insane cheapness of this movie. Um, but then it turns out to be Samuel Jackson's plan all along, which also kind of like erodes like this thing that I wanted or that I liked about the kind of like the doubt and the delusions of grandeur, um, sort of thing. And uh, and I think I would have liked this fight in the parking lot if it was just shot better. It was yeah. shot so poorly. Both fights, in the brick factory and in this, were, were and in the parking lot, were just so, uh, like, was the point of it to make it not cool or exciting or tense? Because it was never any of those things. It was just kind of, t- t- you know, like,
0: yeah, a slap mi- fight. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe the point was supposed to be that you you aren't sure if it's real or not until the the reveal of like the the club society or whatever the, the hell they're supposed to be, right? Like, like that's the moment. That's the only moment where you can be sure that it's like that it's real because they, they confirm it's real. I mean, I liked a lot of the ideas here, which I I think is is why I want to give it credit, right? Like, I like the idea that like you know superhero comics are. Um, a, like you know, embellishing records of things that actually happened. Um, I like the idea that like, um, you know, you know, they're embellished so that like, you know, the the powers aren't necessarily as fantastic as they are in the comic books, but they're, uh, they're there, right? Like, they're 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 available. I think this this comes out in in Unbreakable too, because the kind of the, one of the more, more powerful scenes in that movie is is the kid pointing. The gun at the father. The gun, yeah. yeah. No, that
1: is like, yeah.
0: And then you know, Stephen Jackson says, "I never said you were bulletproof, right? Like, you know, it's not necessarily that you're a superhero; it's just that you are greater than than normal, um, and that these stories kind of uh, it, it, like the, the penumbra of these stories is the reality, if, if that makes sense." Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I thought that was that was really cool. I, I think the limited yeah, what a good edition. Word, the penumbra. Penumbra. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What did penumbra come? up – Penumbra comes up in a bunch of different stuff. Um, the most famous example of penumbra is that the right to privacy exists in the penumbra of one of the of, of like the, the penumbra of the the constant some other rights in the constitution. This is this is oh, okay. For, like this you, is you the basis for those Wade. rights out of other rights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, like the the shadow that the um, that the other rights cast um, intersects and forms this penumbra, which gives you which of which the right to privacy arises um if you want some supreme court wonkiness that that's the basis for <laughs> roe v wade and this that's why it's generally considered to be a um to be a not so solid legal decision is because it's based on this relatively shaky uh grounding um apparently justice thomas has a like sign that says like no enumerating in the penumbras because that's like the quote from like a, one of the justices in in Yeah, Um, but again. Okay, (laughs) well. (laughs) Welcome to the uh, Subnerves Talk about uh, grammar and vocabulary. Supreme Court.
1: (laughs) You know what's funny is the thing that that helps me understand the term penumbra is a set of magic cards where there was like penumbral tiger or penumbral... Something I think prenumbral tiger is the only one I remember, like prenumbral worm or whatever. That when and it's like a it's a it's a creature, but when it dies, you put a creature with the same stats, but it's a black creature token in play, and it's like the you know what I mean, like it's like shadow or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um. Uh,
1: so. yeah I think that's the way it gets.
0: I think that's the way <laughs> that's it gets, funny, uh, yeah. that, that gets used. Uh, the, the way it gets used a lot is like as like a fancy word for shadow, even though that's not quite right. Um yeah but it's uh yeah yeah uh but you know this this is we're, we're not a, a grammar cast I can recommend you a good, yeah, gra- I good think grammar the, podcast I, I think at the know. end
1: of the day when it comes to this movie I I appreciate I like I want to give it more credit than some of the other critics I've seen um you know like I watched a couple of reviews like YMS had a review um Red Letter Media had a like a weirdly positive review um yeah which i didn't which i didn't expect well it, it
0: was like half positive right yeah. like
1: yeah that's true. i think in this one, you are mike and i, I am Jay, if yep, that makes
0: sense yeah so no, that's i was thinking I very the exact much same agreed thing yeah with Jay. i
1: was like yeah all of this stuff is boring and then the ending came out of nowhere um <clears throat> but i do want to give it some credit like i i appreciate that it is willing to be you know like i give it that same procre- like ambition credit in a sense right like this is a movie that clearly had that was trying for something but the thing is is that like i think it just got so obsessed in its lore that whatever it was trying to completely got muddled by that by all of these twists in the ending you could rewrite that ending 10 different ways and come out with a better movie just by unwriting the twists that came with the that came with the film version do you know what i mean yeah um, it set itself up and it was in the middle of the, of the second act. It was doing some kind of – some cool or interesting things and then, boy, did it just kind of like fall flat on its face because of those. Um, but I do think that I think of it a little bit better um, – I think about it a little bit better now that we've talked about it. Um, i really hate i don't know why because i really accepted this stuff in like the 90s like independence day or whatever like i really like hate these like shadowy conspiracy kind of stories especially in stories that are uh i don't know Eh, yeah god there's something that just feels like icky about it now that we live in a world of like info wars and we know that like conspiracy theorists are that conspiracy theorists look like alex jones you know what i mean
0: yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think that that's I think that's unfair, right? Like, I yeah,
1: yeah, no, it totally is. I w- I completely agree, right? Like, it I, just like leaves a, it's it's a, that is a taste thing, right? Like, it just yeah. leaves a bad taste in my mouth.
0: Yeah, no, I I I, I I I get that it does, but I think that kind of like the the conspiracy, like you know, the conspiracy is real type thing, is 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 good fodder. It's 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 fun fodder for movies, and I don't think we can. Kind of.
1: Well, actually, I no that, that's true. I what I like about it is that it w- is when it is paired with like the otherworldliness, right? When you get out of sort of uh, real, real stuff. Um, sure. Because it doesn't bother me, you know. Like it doesn't bother me in like a big crazy movie with big crate like crazy ideas or whatever.
0: Um, so if if he made a follow up, if he made like. Um, oh God! I don't know. Like, do you think he's gonna make a follow up? He might. Like, there's definitely like uh, groundwork for it. Um, like, would you would you would you go watch it? Because I would. Um. Oh God!
1: <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you know,
0: I, would you go watch it on your own accord if I didn't make you for the podcast?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I would skip it, dude. Okay, I think no, that's I, fair. If I'm being honest, I would skip it. I really liked M Night. Um. And I gave him some credit. I even kind of liked the village at the time. I'm sure I would not like it these days. Um, and the village was kind of the first time where, like, the you know, his like sheen started to really kind of crack. Um, but uh, yeah, like I remember watching the village when we were in when we were in high school and kind of being like being with it. Um, and now I'm just like, oh god. The funny thing is, is that he has some real diehards. You know, I'm always interested in this because, like, so obviously, like, I'm a pretty diehard, like, Zack Snyder guy. And I think that there is a lot in common with, if not the form, the function of some, I don't know why, some directors out there just get these stands who will just follow them to the ends of the earth. I, I was reading a bunch of Reddit comments of people talking about how, like, you know, and it was like, we watch two different movies. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I almost want to see, I want, I want somebody on really good faith to explain to me why this movie is like amazing by their you know like I want to see the movie through their eyes. Um, yeah, you know some directors get this and some directors don't. Nobody does this for Michael Bay movies, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, I bet sure
0: you could find somebody for for, for <clears throat> to do it for Michael Bay movies, but they're the type of person who's like, I ain't no even no comment on no government website. I just don't know that i see explosions.
1: Oh my
0: god! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean cuz I'm
1: definitely on, you know, I'm definitely on uh the record that Michael Bay is an interesting director, right? Like I think forgettable I think the bad directors are forgettable directors, right? And the fact that we talk about Michael Bay constantly kind of is predicated on the fact that he's at least doing things worth worthy like worth, worth talking about and that bad directors just don't do that. They don't have they don't have anything. They just they they're completely you know, uh, they don't have any kind of effect. Like Gareth Evans would be a good example of this, which is why he's been kicked off two movies. Um,
0: yeah, um, just kind of. I'm
1: sorry, Gareth Edwards, not Gareth Evans. Um,
0: so, so kind of in this vein, um, do, do you have any thoughts about how? Like, th- this is a movie where the critics panned it, but like the audiences seem to love it. Um, like, it's got like a 30% critical on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 77% audience. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it's tough because I use that same defense. Like, of PBS has the same kind of split, oh, yeah. right? You know what I mean? And there are plenty of movies like that are really loved by critics. You know what I mean? This happens with Oscar bait. Like, hold on, let me go to Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe I can find something, right? Like,
0: I, I, uh... I wonder. I wonder if this is a thing where, like, you know, critics are like, like, if like there are movies like this where, like, not that like. You're necessarily wrong if you like it for, like, quote-unquote good reasons. But if you can get enough people to kind of, like, turn their brains off and watch it and kind of clap their hands along, you'll get, like, that 50% to 60% mark on Rotten Tomatoes, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely.
1: Like, Aquaman also, Glass is 77, Aquaman is 78, with a 30% difference in critics or whatever. Um, On the basis of sex is, you know what I mean? Like, this is an Oscar-bait kind of... This is an Oscar Bait kind of movie. Right. Even Vice, for some reason Vice only has a fifty five percent audience rating. That's kind of interesting. Um, well, I, I,
0: <laughs> I bet you I can tell you exactly why that is. Uh, it's a highly no, political. it's a yeah, highly politically fair. charged movie and there are going to be people yeah, who don't yeah. like it regardless of how good it is or not because of its politics. And they're
1: just like gonna get it in the comments and just kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, you know it's funny. Five thirty-eight did a uh, five thirty-eight did a thing about that, like maybe two or three years ago, talking about how um, how men will go and tank the IMDb scores of like women's movies and TV shows without ever watching them. Uh, if you just like go and they like read through all of like the comments or whatever. Um, So I bet it's something exactly like that, you know? Like, it's something that I I just go and I give it a one-star review. The same thing happened with Twilight, actually. I remember that happening, where, like, all of my... uh, I think I did this. I think my girlfriend at the time did this. Where, like, we gave Twilight a one-star review on Amazon without reading the book. Oh, God. I cringe at myself in reverse. Yeah, I don't know. I have have a tough time with with any of these kinds of... uh, I have a tough time with any of these kinds of review... Sites um, just because like they are opt in, you know what I mean, and I and I don't think that it is as broad a cross section um, as as it seems to be, and I think it's useful. And it, <clears throat> I think it's useful in like determining, shall we say, a direction sure. right? where you can say like, well, you know, there is a big difference between escape room, which is rotten on both, and you know, Aquaman, which is positive on both, right? But it's not, like, it's it's hard for me to argue that the difference between a 77%, an 80%, a 60%, you know, like, all of those things are, um, all of those things are different. Though it's nice to know that Super, Dragon Ball Super Brawly has an 82% and a 94% respectively. <laughs> so I,
0: <laughs> I, I think that, so I think Rotten Tomatoes in particular is interesting, because, like, I don't think, like, your number on Rotten Tomatoes, it doesn't mean the same thing as it does on other sites because it's not how good they think the movie is. It's just kind of like what percentage of critics gave it a positive score, whether that score is like, you know, like a uh, barely passing or like a this is phenomenal score. Same yeah, thing with yeah, the audience definitely. score. I think that's a really interesting thing to work with, uh, to, to look at rather. Um but I think it also means that like a hundred percent doesn't actually mean a lot because like the way you get a hundred percent is you make an okay, un- inoffensive movie, right? Like yeah, no, like that Paddington. is, and that I think has happened. Oh, yeah, Paddington, um, Paddington, I think,
1: yeah, yeah, and like, and I don't even want to like. The, the uh, movies like The Force Awakens, or even movies that I like, like Wonder Woman or Into the Spider Verse, or something like that. You know what I mean? None of these movies are flawless, but like because of the way that works, it makes them look flawless. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, which I am not a huge fan of. Uh, yeah, just I, in general.
0: I, I agree. I, like I said, I think it's an interesting, um, an interesting way of, of looking at it. Um, I think it's like a cultural consensus gauge is probably the best way to put it, rather than like a, like a, yeah, than like a a, a real rating system.
1: Um, yeah, like God, man, I'm looking at like the Reddit the R Movies poll for Glass, and it is 25 percent, eight out of ten, uh, with the vast majority 80 percent saying yes to would you recommend the film glass though half of that is yes but for only fans of the director um which i think is actually kind of like boy that is insane
0: um this is like the uh the 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 end of the red letter media review right like you saw the first two might as well finish it out like (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean even just like reading some of these comments like a lot of it is focused on the same stuff that i you know the um uh it's like James McAvoy's performance is great, right? The stuff that works about the movie works kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well I wonder if
1: it'll I wonder if it'll spawn. I could see this movie kind of spawn in like six months, like a whole bunch of like the YouTubers all talk about why it's bad.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um I could definitely see that. But you know, I think that's all we got to say about class. We, we've we've gone yeah. on about like Oh my the God! I'm reading topics. a comment.
1: Oh boy, 148 upvotes. Mango. <sighs> I realized the Watchmen of it all. I think M Night was looking hard at the Watchmen as a as a blueprint to the ultimate end game of comic book stories. Gross. Uh, I, gross. Uh, this is so I, gross. I,
0: I, I honestly, I'm going to say that I, I had that thought. Right? Like, like that. That's kind of a little bit in here. There, there's some of that in the DNA. Um, yeah. I definitely think X-Men's a a, a closer one, though. Um,
1: I mean, really, I think that this guy's... uh, I think, really, this guy has a... Boy. All right. I think this guy has a really weird uh, view of Watchmen. Anyway, let's not talk about that anymore. Let's talk about your weeks. You've been playing the the Anthem demo. Yeah, did you get around to playing Uh, it at all? I played for 30 minutes this morning. (laughs) Really? I might... Get a little bit in after we finish recording the podcast. I'm very, I'm very excited for Anthem. Uh, just that 30 minutes was enough to get me like, ooh, oh, ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> like.
0: No, I'm, I'm, i definitely in. If, uh, if, if with other people, um, I, uh, uh, like, I, it's, I think the loot's gonna be good, which I think is important. Um, yeah. and I think that it's the 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 that gives enough build diversity, right? Like, I think thinking of it like Warframe is a mistake, and even thinking of it like like Destiny in a lot of ways is kind of a mistake. I think it's basically more like Diablo, right? Where your four javelins are basically four different classes. um, Yeah. And you have different sets of stuff to go with. The shooting feels good. It's not great, right? Like Destiny, I still think, is better on that front. Um, uh, It's... uh, like I think the the movement mechanics are really cool. I like flying around. I like feeling like Iron Man. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that... I, don't know, I think I need more time with it, just kind of really get a feel for what you're supposed to be doing. Because like, like I play, like I was playing as the big colossus guy. I'm like, oh, and like you know, like you, when you pick it, um, the uh, the guy who like introduces is like, ah, oh, yes, when you are outside the wall, you are the wall. So I'm like, oh, I'm the tank. And then I went and stood in front of the boss and started like, you know, trying to like block shots, and then I died pretty quickly. I'm like, mm, this is probably not exactly <laughs> right. Um, you know, I think that there's some Weird issues in this, in that, like, like, I got a bunch of mods that give me bonuses to shields. The Colossus doesn't have any shields, and I think that might just be an oversight or like a loot table thing. So that I, I expect it to be fixed by launch time. um But I do think it's like it's just a lot of little things that made me feel like it wasn't quite polished. It is supposed to be six weeks behind the the release candidate, so mm-hmm. um I don't know. I definitely think it. Will and even be, then, it
1: doesn't release for another month. You know, like we um, are really up on the.
0: It's it's a couple of weeks, right? Like, so um, you get like so if you're on the premiere service, you get it a week early. This is actually the more oh, okay. interesting thing to me, is this premiere service and this model for games, right? Like, where you where the publisher sells you a subscription to everything they they, they have. Um, I don't know how I feel about it because like I think it only survives because these games are all supported by a ton of microtransactions, but at the same time, I feel like. I feel like like the value for premiere is actually pretty good like with my premiere membership i get they are billions i get darksiders 3 i get both fifa and madden and battlefield um all the more specific versions and like a ton of other little games um that i've been looking at yeah but at the same time i I can't help but feel like in order for this to work like i said you have to be supported by a ton of microtransactions and that feels a little icky to me uh what, what do you think you got any thoughts on that uh,
1: I am interested in this, like, I obviously really like the Netflix kind of model, I have a Netflix subscription to a couple of different, you know, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix kind of thing, YouTube Premium, um, but yeah, none of those have the same kind of, like, microtransaction thing that uh, that any of these EA games do, which I find a little weird and off-putting, Um <clears throat> one of the one of the things that I that I also don't like about the subscription is that like because I am encouraged to buy things through, um, because I'm encouraged to buy things through the Origins store. I almost feel weird about like opting into a subscription with them now because I'm like, well, I already have Mass Effect and Trauma. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I already bought this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a more. I think in general, I like it much better than uh than microtransactions uh i have said this for a long time um but i'm much more I, I like that hearthstone or i'm sorry i like that wow wants me to just pay upfront 14 you know 14 bucks a month in order to pay the game or in order to play the game then hearthstone wants me to like buy packs um or whatever in order in order to play the game and it almost sort of sounds like that's the worst of both worlds because it's not like You know, like what are you really getting with the premium subscription? Well, a temporary access to you know to some of the games in this library, and the microtransactions are still there. So get wrecked, kind of thing. Yeah, I I mean, I
0: think I think if I wanted to spin this positively, this allows the microtransactions to Anthem to all be cosmetic, right? Like you don't have like with full free to play. I think there's a much bigger temptation there to uh, (laughs) uh, to to throw like. Uh, to throw like boosting things on there this so so this this just occurs to me as we're talking about this but that might be like the way that you launch a new mmo in this day and age right like is you have like the publisher like you know instead of buying a wow subscription you buy a blizzard subscription that gives you access to all of the games and that covers like the server costs for all of them including your mmos um That'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting way to get subscription models back in, which lets you make better games that don't fucking...
1: Yeah, and I, you know, like, yeah, I like subscription models. I wish subscription models, uh, came back and were, um, and were more often used, I suppose. Um, you know, like, if Anthem was, buy it for 40 bucks, and then it's a $10 a month subscription or something like that, like, I think I would just like the game a lot better. Um, I mean that's what 14 did and 14's a pretty recent MMO you know, I mean, yeah five years ago, five years ago.
0: I mean, you can go buy uh, like anthem with, with normal money if you want you just get the game. so this is the thing that I think is really kind of gross is that you get you get the game a week late if you buy it normally uh, yeah
1: the, yeah so that was the other thing that I was thinking about because um, because I, I kind of only I do want to buy the game I think I want to buy the game for 60 bucks and I don't want the premiere. Because I just kind of look at it like the game that I want to play is the um, the game that I want to play is that sixty bucks um, anthem, but not really anything else, and so
0: yeah, no, I I, I don't know. I, like the, the thing that really like, well, first of all, the reason I got it is because I bought it a while ago and I forgot to cancel it, but. It, and kind of like <laughs> the, the post hoc rationalization, um, yeah, is that like if I play besides Anthem, like they are billions and Darksiders 3, and maybe like one or two other games, there's a, there's a lot of critically acclaimed neat titles, they're like FE, um, then I think I'll get my money's worth in the year. And at the end of yeah. the day, like, I, I guess WoW kind of accustomed me to this is like. I can always go back and pick it back up, right? Like it's not like they delete your progress or anything. Um, I don't think. Maybe they do. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, and it's
1: funny because I've been playing like Dragon Age and The Sims Four, which are both EA games. Yeah, they're both um, they're both included
0: so, in in the yeah. yeah yeah. You're too good of a customer, buddy. You should have been a worse customer that way. You that way you had more incentive be, to buy the I know,
1: but this is part of why I have this like antipathy towards playing through the premiere or whatever right like especially because like i am exactly the kind of person to put up my premiere subscription and then just leave it running for forever yeah yeah you know what I mean? Cuz like, you know, like if I was more if I was more on tune with micromanaging this stuff like I haven't been playing WoW a lot recently, right? Like I basically kind of like put WoW on the back burner. I'll I'll pop in for raids every now and then, but like, you know, playing WoW for 3 hours for the month of January, which is kind of basically true, right? Like obviously I should not have been subscribed for that, right? But, you know, my, my view on that is that, like, yeah, well, I also, like, really played WoW super hardcore in September and October, and so, ah, it kind of balances out, you know what I mean, sort of thing. But, I don't know. I don't have that same sort of faith with something uh, that is untested and unproven right now, which is, you know, Anthem, right? Sure. Because there is always the possibility that we get into Anthem and it's just like another Destiny 2. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, i play played Destiny 2 now. It's pretty great. Um I don't. I just. I really like the play in Destiny 2, So I'm, I'm. I'm just happy to keep playing like crucible matches and like doing random PVE stuff.
1: Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't played any of the new. I, I probably would have. I don't know. Maybe if I had bought it with real money and cared a little bit more. Um, yeah, you're also was like kind of like a
0: way lark. behind, right? Like, I don't know. Also, like.
1: Yeah, because there's new story content, right? I mean, yeah. any of these expansions, and like you know,
0: like Destiny One, it didn't get really good, quote unquote, until year two. Um, but the taking stuff's neat.
1: Um, Did uh, they change like core systems, or was it just like a content thing? So
0: the biggest core system the changes that guns don't run with, roll with, don't have fixed rolls anymore. Like they, the the modifications on them are all randomized now. Oh, and that's beca- cool. Yeah, and because of that, you like you've got something to grind for. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I also think this is a thing where maybe I'm enjoying it more because I haven't played in so long that like my character was behind the curve enough. That's not like me. Yeah,
1: and so you're getting a lot of new loot, and that feels yeah. really good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like this is this is the uh, like the Diablo <clears throat> problem I have, right? Like I stop caring once I hit like like w- w- once I like hit like the 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 really steep part of the you know uh, diminishing returns curve. Um, I might hit that with, with destiny too, as well, but you know, for now it's fun. Um, uh, other things that I, that I did that I want to talk about. Um, I've continued watching rake, um, which is that, that Australian lawyer show. Yeah, I was the Australian you about. show yeah. yeah. Um, the law progressive, like the law parts of it get worse. Um, like significantly, it's not like they stop being super interesting. The drama is, is just gets better. Um, and it's like not like particularly good, it's just kind of like really like it's weird because it's like the characters are like shitty, so like 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 in the same way that like characters from like Seinfeld are always sunny or shitty, but you still feel bad for them, like you wouldn't like say like friends, and so like it's this weird tearing thing where it's like yeah, you deserve everything that's coming to you, but I still feel bad um but you know i, I it's 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 a fun watch. Um, the other big thing, which I know that you also watched when I talked about it was the, uh, the two fire festival documentaries. Oh
1: man, these fire fest. Yeah. So I started the Hulu one, but I haven't finished the Hulu one. Um, <clears throat>
0: uh, spoilers. Fire yeah, festival the, doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I find this fascinating, Yeah, but I think you and I probably find this fascinating for different, for different reasons. Um, <clears throat> What, what is it just like the discourse where you're just reading all the takes on Twitter and you're like, I gotta be in on it?
0: Um, partly, but like, I like, I, you know, like the Schadenfreude, I, I have to admit, is, is a lot of fun. So, like, the Schadenfreude, like, just kind of like the, like, the, the, seeing how something like this could happen, right? Like, and like, just understanding what happened with this, this whole thing and like how something like this can fall apart. And it's, it's essentially, like, this, like, act like you know what you're, you know, like, fake it till, you're make it till you make it, take it to the extreme, except they never make it, right? Like, it's just incredible that, like, that's possible, right? Like, we're, like, living in kind of, like, this time where, like, this type of thing can happen. Somebody somebody on a podcast, it was you pointed out that, like, like, it happened at, like, the exact perfect time, right? Like... Just early enough that people weren't suspicious and like um you know uh just late enough that like the like this is like the dawn of like influencers where people like where like this can like yeah. reach the people that it does. Um and just kind of like the like like I think the Fire Festival is going to be kind of like the case study for a lot of things that happen with a lot of tech companies that i just think took longer to fail than fire festival right like 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 i don't know if Twitter's revenue positive at this point or not but like i think it's kind of like th- there's a bunch of companies in kind of this like will like they will fail and it won't be as disastrous and it won't be as big a deal cuz there won't be like you know a, the 600 stand- stranded people on a bahamian island but like you'll like just kind of like the best insight into how these kinds of things happen that i've that I've seen in a long while and and i I thought it was super neat what well, what about you buddy
1: yeah that that is you know I am super on board with that okay my <laughs> uh what I love about this is that it so precisely kind of highlights the like irrationality of a of like a late stage capitalist attention economy kind of world, right? Like the all that matters is the you know what I mean? Like all that matters is the appearance for like for these people. And they are so dedicated to getting that appearance that they actually sell out the whole festival, right? Um And the irrationality of some of the individual people who are talking about like, oh, Blink-182 pointed out, but they didn't pull out and they were like, oh, this is awesome. They're just like, oh, well, you know, we're not going to, we're not, we're not going to be able to put on the show that we think our fans deserve. Ah, that means it's fine. You know what I mean? Like all of these kinds of like rationalizations that people do, I think really expose kind of like this, this dirty underbelly that can be taken advantage of by professional I mean, fraudsters see, like see, Billy the, McFarland the,
0: the thing I I disagree like I don't think this is a lot of like like people you know ignoring signs I think it's just like kind of like blind faith in in in, in like uh in, in institutions maybe is the right way to put it right like you know no, I mean like what, who could possibly who could possibly like like is it like I guess this corporation right like that like how could you possibly sell a bunch of tickets and have it turn out and have it like not happen, right? Like that's not a thing yeah. that happens in the real world. I don't think it's so much like the desperation to be, um, the desperation to be like like kind of like photogenic or whatever. Which is I think how you're characterizing um, it. I think it's just kind of like a be- like a lack of belief that like something like this just w- like like that it that it would be this so, I, I, so be-
1: I think those are, those are two sides of the same. Coin, okay, really, you know what I mean? Like like okay, so. If, like, the foundation of. Uh, I really. I'm trying. I like. I'm like, do I really want to get this political in the last three minutes of our podcast? Like, if the foundation of our economy is that, like, most people are rational actors, right? Um, and that we should build our capitalist system on the idea that you are, you know, that, that buyers and sellers are all, are all acting rationally, right? I think that falls apart. And is not like that is not very true. I don't think people are very rational when it comes to buying and selling. I think that they are, they are liable to be led around like sheep by talented marketing, advertising, all these other kinds of things, right? Um, and uh, and like Fire Festival is like the this like beautiful example of that in practice um, because it turns out maybe you're not you know like maybe if you are a millennial in your basement and you have the cash uh to do to do fire festival or whatever you're you're willing to look past the danger signs or if you're a company and you're a millennial working at this company you're willing to look past the danger signs and keep going and keep trying and the only you know like until the whole thing just completely blows up i mean the characterization of billy mcfarland himself i think is honestly pretty fascinating and fun fact billy mcfarland grew up in the town next to me while we we are essentially the same age he's one year younger than me right uh and so yeah i mean he's
0: uh, also very close to me you know like fun facts yeah we, we it's, all...
1: it's crazy we ha- he has a pretty public facebook and we were all like "Ooh, who is facebook you know what I mean? yeah, like, how are we all
0: connected <laughs> um uh, yeah. So
1: it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, I guess, to see, um, it's interesting, I guess, to kind of see the,
0: so, so I, I think
1: the, th- that that intersection with somebody who is just our age.
0: So so I, I think if think if I wanted to make a counterpoint to your point about like, you know, like, and to my own point about kind of blind faith in the system is that like, the system worked, right? Like, he fucked up but but like no one died and he's in jail and he owes people a bunch of money and presumably eventually these people will all be made whole and like sure it sucked for like the the 12 hours that they went to the festival and it didn't happen but like they're getting like that's going to be fixed right like he fucked up and then he got sued and then he uh he, he got off on bail and immediately did another fraud and got. The oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> that was the best part of the yeah. movie,
1: where I was just like, "What is he doing? What is going on?" You know, because like, because you can it, it, the best part is that like the way that they frame it and the way that they put it all out, right? Um, you can see that <laughs> you can like see the signs in what he's doing before they like pull pull the. The blindfold off and show you the fraud and you're just like there's no way he has these tickets you know like there's no way that why is it using the fire who's this guy frank or whatever right like you can easily tell that this is just him doing the exact same thing immediately over again and then they show you that and that i think is the magic right even insofar as this netflix documentary is great and i do think it is pretty great that is the coolest piece of it, is they so thoroughly show you the pattern in the first, you know, whatever, hour and 15 minutes, that that last 15 minutes when he's out on bail and he is exhibiting the same pattern, you see it before they show you the fraud that's taking place.
0: Yeah, no, it's... Uh... <laughs>
1: no, I will point out, by the way, the shadiness of the... So, uh, so the Netflix documentary is was produced by the ad agency fuck jerry that is referenced first of all they interview a bunch of their own employees as people in the documentary including their ceo who's kind of like talking about things um and they were part of like the big marketing you know the big marketing team for uh uh, for the for the fire festival itself, so if anything is sleazy, so I I have characterized this as sleazy, but like the idea that this marketing firm gets hired by by fire festival to produce all of their marketing and make people sign up to go and then turn around and make a Netflix movie about how awful the fire festival won. That seems like the real racket to me, man.
0: Uh yeah, they, they bring that up in the Hulu documentary towards the end. Although I, I think I think that's like actually a really interesting discussion is like how liable should like the people surrounding it that weren't directly involved be? Or like I think that's Oh, I know. They they bring that up in the Netflix documentary because they're like that,
1: which I couldn't take seriously just because I understood the background. Yeah, and yeah. there's that like new. Do you know what I mean? Like there's that new. Because um, uh, they're like, well, how you know, like how liable is is the pot manufacturer if a chef cooks meth in it? You know, or like whatever the example is, kind of thing, and even if I might agree with that logic otherwise the fact that it's included in this context is so is just boy is it so suspect
0: no I, I I agree I mean it's suspect but like I don't know I don't think that's an unreasonable point like I don't know if you take it outside of the context of that like I don't I don't think it it weakens or strengthens the, the point of course they're gonna make the point that, that favors them but yeah I, I don't know like like I think this is maybe better viewed you to like like the uh the dude that they keep interviewing, who's like the like organizer dude, the one that's supposed to be the yoga instructor, um, like the one that he's like I kept trying to oh, tell yeah. him, yeah, like that dude, like you know, I you could make a pretty strong case that like he he's kind of responsible for a lot of stuff, but at the same time, I don't know if I blame him. Like how much of this is on Billy McFarlane's shoulders, um, uh, entirely? I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, although what you think, yeah, part of me wonders if this is like a
1: banality of evil thing where like nobody thinks of themselves as like the bad guy doing bad guy things, but kind of everyone has a has their own piece of the pie to
0: to the fraud. I mean,
1: obviously, <laughs> is,
0: is, 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 is Billy McFarland Hitler and, and everybody else like the Nazis? But is that yeah. what you're saying?
1: <laughs> well, no, because I think that like I think I was just is, like, following orders, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of their defense <laughs> yeah, and right. points. You know I mean, like you literally,
0: like I mean, people and so,
1: say, and, and and to a certain extent, I think Billy is at you know, like I think he is so, so, on the hook for defrauding the, his company. At the same time, that, that, that's the thing the I think finances. that
0: yeah, I think that's the thing that yeah. really puts him squarely in the firing line. Is that he defrauded his investors? He defrauded the people he was working with. like everybody who he's working with didn't realize that he was com- committing fraud on such a massive level. And yeah, yeah. I think like, I mean that's. Well, kind of, so that, I d-
1: so I don't think that's entirely true. I think a couple of members because there's the other Grant and there's a third guy who I can't. Remember oh, so the name so like, that
0: this is my favorite part is like all
1: in his like corporate board a, kind of across thing,
0: you know? across both movies. Like I think the most universal point is that Grant is a shithead and nobody likes Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> Honestly, even Billy comes off in the Netflix documentary. He kind of comes off just like as like a. It's just like a dumbass in a lot yeah. of ways, you know, like, like yeah, he's a shyster a bit, yeah. and he's like a two bit con man kind of, you know, or whatever. But like, <laughs> like Grant is just such a douchebag and they spent so much time on it. <laughs> I can't even, I wonder if it's like, you know, if this is created by people who worked with Grant, right? Like, I wonder if this is their, like, their deep revenge for no, this, this is funny they just it... make him look like a huge piece of shit.
0: Apparently, like they go over this in the Who documentary, but apparently, like when um, they were talking about like trying to recover from this, maybe one of the employees demands is that Grant Grant be immediately fired. Like, <laughs> like this is like it's he's, like it's it's just such. Uh, it's, like the most universal point is fuck Grant. Um, <laughs>
1: um, oh God, yeah, the 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 audio from that debrief call. Where Ja Rule is Jabul. on it, and he says it's not fraud. It's it was just false advertising. Has now become a meme, and I am I am living for it, Mango. <laughs> I am so uh, here, my, 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 uh, so, the year so of our Lord. My favorite part
0: is in the is in the Hulu documentary. They reference the fact that like you know the Chappelle the Chappelle Show bit right. Like, what <laughs> Who the fuck cares about Ja Rule? <laughs> what does Ja Rule think? <laughs> <laughs> it had to be Ja Rule, right? It couldn't be like so I think the Little Yachty. The story or just...
1: Is that the Fire Festival documentaries are better than glass? <laughs> you
0: know, I, I'm, I'm okay with. I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll endorse this. Watch both, <laughs> watch both of those. I was.
1: I was really. I, I. I was surprised at how compelling I found, uh, at least the Netflix documentary, um, because I just like couldn't. I just like couldn't look away. It was such a fucking. It was such a train wreck. And there's something. It really is the magic of documentary when it is real. You know what I mean? Like, that this all actually happened. If I wrote a script like this, I feel like nobody would ever take it seriously. Billy McFarland is too stupid a character to be in a a movie. But he's in, yeah, in real life. (laughs) Like,
0: (sighs) man... All right. Did you have anything you want to talk about with your week before we uh, signed off?
1: Oh god, Young Justice continues to be great. They're halfway through with the with the with the season, and I just I want to tell you something, but like it's con- it's not it's not a spoiler. It's like one of those like really minor things, but that will like affect your watching of the show.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll get. On <sighs> I'm not that.
1: gonna say it. I, I was gonna say it, but now I'm but now I'm not gonna say it at all. Um, Young Justice season three continues to be great. I hope everybody goes and watches it. Uh, even though it's on that weird DC Universe platform, which is actually also kind of great if you like comics. Like, I had Marvel Unlimited for a while, and it is not nearly as comprehensive as Marvel Unlimited, which sucks, uh, but the being able to go back and read a lot of these comics themselves has been pretty neat and pretty awesome. Um, so,
0: yeah. <sighs> Are the first two seasons on that? Yeah. All right, excellent. Well... We'll eventually do that. I think friend of the show, Jimmy Kirsch, wants to join for that episode, so we'll, we'll have a special Yeah, yeah, yeah. I episode. talked a
1: whole bunch with Jimmy Kirsch, so we're going to bring him back uh, bring him back into the fold. I'm very excited. Yeah, um, well, Yeah.
0: Um Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to tell us what you think about uh, Glass or Fire Festival or Young Justice or any of the things we talked about on the show, you can reach us at somedurbsplaygames at gmail.com or podcast at somedurbsplaygames.com. You can follow us on TV slash somedurbsplaygames.com. Uh, What else can you do? You can please rate us and review us on iTunes because that's the thing that you're supposed to do to get lots of listens. Um, And I think that's everything I had. But did you have anything else you wanted to promote?
1: I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. In
0: that case, until next time, dear listeners.
1: Until next time, loyal listeners.